0: Welcome to Sports, Screens, and Something Else. Join two friends as they give their unfiltered opinions on the world of sports, the entertainment industry, and a little bit of something else. And now, your hosts, Will Dickerson and Trevor Pace. Trevor. Yes, sir. I think I finally figured out why I don't like weddings. You're over. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, part of it's because I love, or I hate, love and happiness. But I found I I use this uh, skill of mine called introspection okay. today. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I, when it comes to parties, mm-hmm. are very different people. And unfortunately, we have personality traits at weddings that don't mix. I'm learning this because okay. for years I've hated weddings, and I haven't been able to explain why. Okay, and I think I figured it out today. All right. So I naturally don't like meeting new people. I just don't. Naturally. Yeah, I uh, I don't like talking to new people. I only like the people I know. Sure. Um, because I'm just an introvert like that. Okay. I'm good with people, Mm -hmm. but I don't like talking to people. It's this weird situation I'm in. Gotcha. My wife is a helper. So whenever we go to any party for anyone, for any reason, my wife leaves me Mm -hmm. to go help. Right. She's helping set out plates. She's helping cook. She's helping... Uh, like today, the florist came and needed something. She's going back and helping somebody in the back with something. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And she leaves me by myself. Okay. And then I'm forced to talk to people. I, I finally think. figured that out. And that's why I don't like weddings. It's because my wife leaves me to be a good person. <laughs> can I? Can, I was going to say, can I offer a suggestion, a fix? Yeah.
1: You go help. Oh... Then you wouldn't be stuck talking. to, And your wife, who likes talking to people, Mm -hmm. she could do the talking. You could do the helping.
0: Hmm. Helping. I'll think about that another (laughs) time. But you know what today is, Trevor? Uh, What? Today is National Wish Fulfillment Day. Mm. So Wish Fulfillment is a... It's a term that Sigmund Freud came up with a long time ago. Okay. Sigmund Freud came up with a lot of stuff. Yes. Uh, But one of them was wish fulfillment. We should do a Sigmund Freud. Oh, my gosh. I've Uh, got a lot of opinions. (laughs) I took an entire class just analyzing his ideas. Weird dude. Very weird dude. Very weird history as well. Uh, Had mommy issues. Anyway... (laughs) Um, yeah, he, yes, he would say that about everybody. Well, he was projecting a little, to use his own terminology. Um, but wish fulfillment is this idea that what you dream about, so all the crazy stuff that happens in your dreams, right. it's actually uh, unrequited uh, longings in your life that you never fulfill. Gotcha. Right? gotcha. So if you dream about... Uh, A girl from your high school days. That's Mm -hmm. unrequited love, right? Mm -hmm. In that there was just no fulfillment of that wish, Mm -hmm. right? It comes from a book of his called The Interpretation of Dreams. Really weird book. Um, But this is what it says about wish fulfillment. Okay. It occurs when unconscious desires, having been repressed by the ego and superego... Are fulfilled unconsciously in dreams or dreamlike states, like daydreams, hallucinations, or neurotic episodes. There is scant information available about the beginning of Wish Fulfillment Day, but we're celebrating it today anyway. So all those dreams you have about murdering me in my sleep, Trevor? Mm. That's just unfulfilled dreams and wishes. Ah. Do you have any other unfulfilled wishes that you'd like to discuss? <laughs> nothing,
1: nothing that I'd like to talk about uh, this time. Okay, okay. <clears throat> but uh, happy Wish Fulfillment Day, Well, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, hopefully.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Depends on what you dream about tonight.
0: <laughs> hey, we yeah. got an email. We did
1: get an email. Uh, so i uh, I have a friend his name is Steve Steve uh, Yeah. he uh, he's been listening to the podcast recently he started and uh, he he let me know that uh, there was something that was really bothering him about a uh, a recent episode that we did okay and it was something in particular that you did and oh boy. Uh, anyway I, w- I want to read it so um, he says all right uh, new listener here. He's going through the shows from newest to oldest, and uh, he heard something a little alarming that Will was, uh, when Will was talking, and flippantly said the word, "jiff." Mm. I mm. don't know, Will, <laughs> but it came off sincerely. You're about to, Steve. And my take is that perhaps Will started saying Jif Ironically, and now it has become adopted pronu- the adopted pronunciation of the word. Mm. Um, stop this heresy! It is a hard G, in spite of what the creator of the GIF, yeah, uh, said on whatever interview that was a uh, that was a decade ago, pronouncing yeah. with a soft G. Uh, will totally get you canceled. So, (laughs) no GIF, it's GIF. GIF. And if you side with the creator on this pronunciation, then may our creator (laughs) Jod (laughs) Jod. (laughs) have mercy on your soul. Okay. First off, thanks Steve for writing the show and I 100% agree. I always say uh, GIF uh, Mm -hmm. and that is what it should be uh how it should be pronounced. And you're gonna tell us did, did you know that it is yes. the that the, the that the creator said JIF? JIF. Okay. Yes. So here
0: but, is my rebuttal to you, Steve. Okay. Steven, listen up, okay? It's so I I am well aware of JIF standing for Graphics uh, interchange format, okay? Which would be my G- graphics, correct? Right? right. That would
1: be my, and that's actually what I text to Steve when he texted to yeah. me this morning. I said, I actually said, I knew this off the top of my head because I knew about what the creator said. I've looked into this. I said, this is what the creator said, but the G in graphics
0: is what it is. a hard said, G. Is a hard G. And, and I totally get that. Okay. I understand that argument. In fact, I was a giffer for a while. Okay, maybe you need to repent of your, <laughs> but you're jiffing. When I listen to the Creator talk about it, it's his thing. He gets to name it whatever the heck he wants. If he wanted to name graphics interchange format then that's what we're calling it. Okay, Stephen. <laughs> So if he wants to call it Jif, I'm calling it Jif because he made the dang thing. Okay, but isn't Jif just a creamy peanut butter? Oh, it's delicious peanut butter, and it comes in creamy and crunchy. (laughs) But it's also what this guy named his format for images. Uh, That'd be like saying, uh, I'm not calling it water because it's actually hydrogen and two molecules of oxygen. No, it's water. They named it water. We're calling it water. The guy named it Jif. I'm calling it Jif, Steve. Your your example leaves <laughs> some
1: to be desired, but uh, I, I I I agree with Steve. I, as I've said before, uh, it's uh, it's definitely GIF, Uh But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the <Thank> guy, <God>, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually gonna we're actually gonna bring up this uh topic uh later in the episode on our something else uh section. We're gonna do a whole uh <laughs> s- uh segment uh mm-hmm. on words that are mispronounced and, and misused and misused and uh, what it does for you. So Yeah. Happy
0: GIF Day. Happy GIF. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to sports. Sports. <laughs> Okay, so today I was listening uh, to people talk about Zach Wilson on the radio. Okay. Um, and, I, ha- I hadn't heard about this. And they they were talking specifically. There's some controversy right now. Russell Westbrook, or not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. His brother is trying to sell a book right now. Gotcha. And he's telling everybody that uh, his brother isn't like endorsing it. And it's a weird book about like... Holistic healing and okay. weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make money off of his brother's name. And then they started talking about uh, annoying family members of athletes. Damn. And it reminded me of Zach Wilson and his mom. Okay. So, Zach Wilson, of course, got drafted by the New York Jets to be their starting quarterback right around the time COVID started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, it was kind of in the middle of COVID. His mom took to Instagram, and she started getting lots of followers, mm-hmm. because she would always throw out hot takes all the time anyway. Sure, sure. She would put Utah fans on uh, on notice okay. and all this stuff. So she, she's just
1: being inflammatory. Yeah. Um, she has a certain uh, opinion that garners a certain audience. Right. And that opinion is, is uh,
0: controversial, right? So she's a hot take artist, yeah. right? And she... Pops off about literally anything. Okay. So, for a while, it was sports. Then it got into politics and social issues. Sure. And then, of course, COVID and the vaccines. Right, right, right. Uh, got extremely controversial. Yeah. And she, she took a side that was not the popular media side, right. you see. Yes. So, as Zach Wilson is transitioning the NFL the New York media... This stuff gets starts getting brought to light in a much broader audience mm-hmm. than she ever had before. Yeah. Well, she started getting lots of heat from media, but also getting lots of followers. Yeah. From people, right? Okay. Naturally. So Zach Wilson tried. She tried. He tried to pay his mom reportedly a million dollars to shut down her Instagram account. Mm. Basically, mom, just be quiet. Yeah. Just be quiet. Yeah. Because it's hurting me and what I'm trying to do. Over sure. Here, right. This is what she said back. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets messages every day from women who claim her Instagram is the only reason they're getting out of bed. It's the only thing that keeps them from taking a handful of pills. So, yeah, she's got 27.3 thousand followers. And the author of the article just says, I feel for you, Zach. Hmm. So, well, first
1: off, let's talk about those women who, <laughs> right. if this is the only reason they're getting out of bed, uh, you know, uh, hopefully they find something more fulfilling in their life. Right. And if, <clears throat> if
0: anybody's thinking of self-harm or anything like that, there's a lot of issues going on. Right, right. 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 So... All right, so what's kind of so? uh,
1: Where's the point?
0: So what I'm bringing this up for is it reminded me of lots of these other athletes that have embarrassing family, okay? Uh, Like very famously Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Um, She likes posting very spicy videos or photos on Instagram. Yeah. And Wayne Gretzky has been embarrassed about it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. He's tried to get her to shut it down. Mm-hmm. She did for like a little while. Okay. And then she came back with a vengeance, yeah. Trevor. Okay. And just keep, she just keeps posting spicy little yeah, pictures. Sure. You know what I mean? And then she got, uh, she's in a relationship with Dustin Johnson. Okay. And it started when they were, uh, not they. He had a big drug problem. Oh, okay. Uh, they have two kids out of wedlock. It's just kind of, uh, a little bit of a, a little a, bit of a, yeah, a little controversial, sh- yeah. little lifestyle the yeah. guy going on. You know what I mean? And it's embarrassed Wayne Gretzky, win Gretzky forever, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, uh, Lavar Ball. Do you remember this? Of course. So all the Ball kids. Yes. Had to grow up with their dad, basically becoming a menace. Yes. <laughs> well,
1: and he was, he was straight up pimping them out. Like, yes. Like, uh, and. Required them, he didn't want them to sign like uh, endorsement deals with like Nike and other things because they had their own uh brand, the baller brand, the baller brand, and he wanted them to rep
0: this brand, yeah. And uh, yeah, so and he definitely like he called himself their manager, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. But he was trying to become more famous than they were, right? Yeah. He was using their prowess at basketball to launch his own career mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he became obnoxious yeah in fact if you remember uh uh lavar ball did that father's day commercial where he mm. told his dad to be quiet do you remember this mm, no <laughs> he said some dads are really silent or some dads are loud some dads are this some dads are silent wouldn't that be nice mm. is what he said oh um and yeah so, I'm thinking about all these people, and i and I thought to myself, and I'll ask you the same question, what would you do? Let's say Trevor, now you're a internationally renowned athlete mm-hmm. yeah, but you've got a sibling that just won't stop popping off about whatever, and they're famous because of you. Mm-hmm. How do you shut that down? What do you do um
1: I don't know there's a lot you can do. Right? You know? Um you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the King Richard uh thing with the Will, uh not Will Smith but uh Williams uh, Serena Venus oh, yeah. Williams mm-hmm. uh, father, right? Um Richard Williams that uh you know, he he made himself the kind of the star uh, for a lot of years, uh, in the beginning, you know, he he would do the interviews and he would uh, do stuff like that. So, um, if if it was a sibling, I don't know. Um, I mean, what what can you do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you'd, siblings that want to make money off of your name, they're they're gonna do it. Like, there's there's nothing that you can do, obviously. It's- um, there's nothing within your power. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think it, the, the best thing you can do is to just either ignore it yeah. or just, or just be like, yep, that person's doing that thing and I love them. And uh, you know, that you know, they're, they got their own thing going. It, have you heard of Chet Hanks?
0: No. Mm-mm. It's
1: Tom Hanks, son. Oh, is he the one in that TV show? I don't know. He okay. he's got tattoos all over. He's no, kind of a not wild him. No, okay. So you were thinking of like the the actor. Yes. Okay, Like Orange County. No, it's son. Okay. Orange Orange County. Uh oh, he's yes, in the movie yes, yes, Orange County. Yes. Anyway. Um that's that's the good son. Okay, right? gotcha. The other uh, one is not. So yeah, look good. up look up an image of Chet Hanks. Okay. Uh Chet uh says a lot of crazy and weird stuff. Yeah, this is not the guy I was thinking no. of. <laughs> um he, he's he's been into legal trouble and drug problems I and don't things believe like that. that. Yes. Um and people ask Tom all the time, like and the other brother, I, now I've forgotten what, uh, I can't remember. what is what his I'll brother look it up. Like. Um, but ask ask the family, hey, what about uh, Chet? What is this crazy thing that Chet's doing? And they just kind of like, Colin Hanks. Calling Hanks. Thank you. People are listening or screaming <laughs> at, at their speakers. There's not much you can do. They just say, "Yeah, you know, he's got his the, he's got his artistry, is you know, his thing. Uh Chet does uh I think he does rapping videos or stuff. He he likes to say I'm getting that vibe. He yeah. likes to say uh the the uh, N-word. Oh. And uh and and that's obviously I've, controversial I've because he's he's white. <laughs> I've been told reliably he can not use that. Yes, one. Yeah. And uh so yeah, so his family gets asked about it all the time. And they're just like, yeah. we, we love them, but what, what
0: what do you do? I you guess, know? I mean, the, the other option. I mean, I guess there are three, four options now that I think about it. One is the Tom Hanks style, like you just said, which sounds pretty productive, right? Yeah. It lets I, to your me kids a, know you love them, but you yeah. don't condone anything right. they do. To, to me,
1: <laughs> at, I'm looking at it from what is the even from a selfish standpoint, yeah. what is probably the best option? Because the moment you're like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to talk about that person. Uh, he's, you know, he's dead to me or yeah, me or yeah. whatever. You're, you're actually feeding the fire more. Right. You're giving it more attention because well, then now what they're saying is more unauthorized.
0: You know, yeah. it's more taboo. And then it becomes part of your brand, right? You not liking your kid. Right. Right. Whereas you being loving but completely disassociating, right? Yeah. That seems to be able to keep your image intact while mm-hmm. not turning it into a thing. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. The other option is the royal option, what the uh Brits do all the time, where they mm-hmm. just don't say anything about it. Wasn't Prince Andrew like best friends with <laughs> Epstein and like Next question, please. Like they just <laughs> completely ignore it, right? That's an option. You've got a lot of politicians that straight up lie about their kids. That's yeah. an option. Yeah. Uh, and then your other option is Des Bryant style. You try to beat up your mom. You know? <laughs> Gosh. That that is a that is an option. That is I an suppose. option. And it's the worst of all of them. Yeah, it.
1: yeah. No So I guess If if I was Zach Wilson, what would I do? I would just say Hey, my mom's got her thing. That's she's yeah, her own person. She's her own person. She's entitled to her own views and 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 there. And and I'm my own person and I have my separate views, yeah. you know. And 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 in that way you're disassociating yourself without um uh, adding fuel to the fire
0: or or making it um controversial. That probably is the best way to handle it. I didn't think about that. Well, with that, Trevor, let's move on to your topic. Yeah. Uh, So, Will, have you ever heard of the Flutie
1: Effect? I had not heard of this until I read what you wrote. Okay. So, the Flutie Effect, or sometimes called the Flutie Factor, uh, refers to the uh, American phenomenon of having a successful college sports team uh, increase the exposure and prominence of a university. Mm. This is named after Boston College's Doug Flutie, the short one, yes, <laughs> who, whose successful hail Mary pass in the nineteen eighty four game against the University of Miami clinched a win, which allegedly played a large role in the increase in applications to Boston College the following year.
0: Yeah. So, if you haven't seen that thrown catch. It's kind of hard, too. The mm. image quality is really bad. Mm. But it's, a, it's exciting to yeah. this day. Yeah, it was yeah. a crazy throw yeah. and a crazy catch. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it says allegedly uh, because now I will say that there is some uh, controversy here that it actually uh, influences enrollment mm. positively because – it's hard to isolate, right? It's hard to ga-
0: yeah. gauge and measure because... Nothing is just one factor. Right. Well, Boston College is a really good academic school, period. Right. Right.
1: And so, what... You know, and there's been years where they've said they've had really good enrollment and their football team was the worst it's ever been, mm-hmm. you know? So, what does that say? Well, who knows? But... Uh, so, it's not, I'd say, concrete, but... There is at least some evidence that there is an increase of interest and even an increase of enrollment, uh, however slight. It's definitely true
0: for University of Alabama. Oh, yeah? Uh, they they did okay. Like, they filled all their spots before. uh uh-huh. But since Nick Saban has taken over and they've won all those national championships, mm-hmm. uh, they they don't turn away a lot of people because they're a state school. Mm-hmm. But their enrollment has exploded. Same thing with Texas A and M, Clemson. Like when their football teams started doing well, uh, all of the all of these kids that want to go to an exciting school for football, they go. Mm-hmm. And then graduates of Clemson now are proud to send their kids to Clemson, right? Instead of being like, "Well, you should go to Stanford," probably be like, right. "No, go to Clemson. It's awesome." Right? Right. So, I think it does have a significant impact. Yeah. And you can see it with the SEC schools, at least.
1: Yeah. Um, what's interesting is it doesn't even necessarily have to be a um, – especially with the Flutie effect. I think it's it's almost a – you're looking at a flashpoint, too. Right. So, it's not even a sustained, like, you know, successful program like in Alabama. It would be a successful game, maybe, a moment. Um like the Hail Mary pass. So uh, some other examples: Gonzaga. Uh, oh, I yeah. think this is, they feel like this is indisputable. Uh, this is from Gonzaga themselves. Um, they uh, struggled uh, for a long time to uh, uh, get enrollment. They were they were on the downturn, uh, and in 1998
0: and 99, uh, they made it to the Elite Eight. Uh, yeah, that was the diabetic kids here Yes, with the long hair. Mm-hmm. I can't the, remember his name. Uh, Doesn't matter. Keep going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Was that? I think so. No, I think, that was, I I think mean, that was I later. I think that was later. up. Um, keep going.
1: I think you, what you're thinking of was the 2001 uh, year, but uh, freshman uh, enrollment jumped to 701. That August. And that was a huge jump for them. You're right. Um, that was not
0: it. Adam Morrison played 03 to 06. Okay. So that was not okay. the same.
1: I was going to say, I felt like that was later. Um, the Bulldogs won two games in each of the next two NCAA tournaments as freshman enrollment increased uh, to 796 in 2000 and then to a record 979 in uh, 2001. Uh, in, two, in 2021, however, uh, Gonzaga had the largest freshman enrollment with one thousand three hundred and fifty six. That is such a small. It is a small. Class. It's a. It's a small school. When you think
0: about like BYU, yeah, that has forty thousand students. Yeah, <laughs> That's so, so small. In
1: twenty twenty one, that was just a few months after losing in the NCAA championship game. Wow. So, going from nine hundred seventy nine, which they say is like the average. Uh, up to uh, 1356, 1356. so uh, a huge bump. Um, Other schools, Appalachian State, of course, uh, so they said five years after the Michigan game, that's where they kind of got put on the map.
0: They beat Michigan. They beat
1: Michigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, CBSSports.com writer Dennis Dodd claimed that it was uh, led directly to a seven, uh, led directly to a seventeen percent increase in applicants, a twenty-four percent boost in attendance, and a seventy-three percent
0: rise in licensing royalties. Yeah, and that's the interesting part—the chicken or egg scenario. Mm. So, people looking at Boston College, right, and the Doug Flutie thing, this Flutie effect.
1: Well, then they start seeing more Boston
0: College right. uh, shirts and things like that. Most most colleges in the SEC, for example, especially places like LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Burrow's famous for saying this: uh, the college the college football program pays for everything, mm-hmm. literally everything. It pays for all the investments in new buildings. Mm-hmm. It pays for the professor salaries. Yeah, it's the money maker. It pays for everything, right? And so, the more money your school makes out of football because it's successful, the more they can then reinvest in the other stuff. Sure, of course, attracting more people. Right. So it's a chicken or egg thing. Are people did the football necessarily have to do with increase in applicants? Maybe people just really like the school because yeah. it's got good academics. Well, maybe it has good academics because you're using money from football. Right. 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 It's this weird chicken egg scenario. Yeah. That it's too intertwined to like separate it out. Sure. But you can, I think it's impossible to say football has nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah. And quickly, another example: Boise, uh, Boise State. Yeah. The Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Um, in 2007, it said online inquiries about the school increased 135%, and graduate school application uh, inquiries increased uh, tenfold. Wow. It said Boise State also enrolled over 19,000 students the next <laughs> fall. It was an all-time high.
0: I still remember that game. Yeah. I and saw that game. I watched that game when I was, what? Yeah, it was a like, uh, 15, bald, 14, yeah. something like that. And well I guess in 07. 2007 how old were you? I was nineteen then right, I was say. yeah and I just the hook and ladder that they did the three trick plays in the row to win the game just amazing yeah, it's pretty cool amazing I still remember that game yeah, it was exciting so I wanted to
1: ask uh what teams would you like to see benefit from the Flutie effect and
0: I say uh, BYU, one in
1: particular. <laughs> of course, you and I would like to see that. But is it even possible? Is it even possible mm. with, uh, with its unique uh, student base? Will it has it kind of hit its ceiling? Not like and that. You- that would it get the same kind of enrollment change because they
0: had a really good yeah. season? Not like Utah. No. So Utah well, is famous for putting. At this point, they put defensive players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's, they're sure. very well known for doing that. Their right. defensive linemen are among the best. Now their corners are getting drafted in a regular cl- clip in the first two rounds, right? If you're a defensive player and you go to Utah, it's a good choice mm-hmm. because Kyle Whittingham has proven, and he'll often take his well, best players on okay. offense and that's, put them on defense. Right, but that's a good. You're making an argument for why
1: someone should go to the school for football. Right, right? but but how does that imp- have they have they seen an impact in enrollment?
0: I guess the only the correlation oh. I'm making is because of their success and putting defensive players in, then other good defensive players are going to come.
1: Yeah, so that's more of a you're looking at it from more from a recruiting standpoint right. as as their football program. Right. You're right. Increases. I should
0: think of it specifically in a school standpoint. That is tough.
1: That as as the schools as the schools athletic programs have these flashpoint events yeah. that it increases uh, enrollment and attention to yeah. the school. Yeah. I feel like BYU in an
0: in an interesting spot. So there.
1: I feel like BYU. I see, and I don't mean to. You know, it's easy to categorize this as just you know haters gonna hate. Yeah, but I think that Utah.
0: I don't think they
1: garner a lot of excitement. I,
0: I to outside me, of the state of Utah, I should say outside of the Pac-12. People don't know who the University of Utah is. And I know a lot of people don't like that. I, I know, I know. They're, they're and I know Utah fans are like, no, oh, no my yeah, uncle lives in yes, Alabama yeah, he's, and he knows. He's, he's it. I get it. Right. The people that you know, do know. But I think BYU. But in a general sense, people don't know who the University of Utah is. Yeah, BYU gets
1: excitement. Yes. And, and uh, I think they get attention. I was going to ask. Some other schools, I think. I think Utah State. I think Utah State has uh, – I think they're long overdue for uh, one of those moments. They need one. Um, Yeah, they do. (laughs) I I think what separates the differences between Utah and, you know, like an Appalachian State or a Gonzaga, Boise even, things that these schools had in common, the Boston College – we like the Cinderella story. Mm. We want the underdog. I don't really know if Utah, even though they may be an underdog, you know, they may be the little brother. It doesn't feel like that from a national perspective. It doesn't feel like they are. Does that make sense? Well, Utah... BYU still kind of carries with it a, a, you know, a small kind of school mentality, you know, yeah. you chip on the shoulder and kind of school. I wonder if it will continue once they go to the Big 12.
0: Um, For Utah to increase enrollment off of sports, they would have to break through. Well, they would have to lower the requirements for enrollment because, have you seen the people? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the University of Utah would have to do something more significant. Something like beating Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh They did that. It was a while ago.
1: Yeah. Okay. But do you, do you I, I wonder if it did impact their enrollment.
0: I think since the program has become more successful, don't you think more people have enrolled in do the you, University of Utah? Do you think
1: more interest has been in University of Utah? From outside
0: yeah. the state, I think so. Yeah. But they'd have to start really in
1: in state they've oh, it yeah. feels like it felt like finding a Utah
0: fan was hard to find. You know, and <laughs> well, they, the they still can't fill up their basketball <laughs> stadium. But uh anyway. you I don't want to just sit here and dunk on the youths. I I do though. It'd be, it'd be okay. <laughs> but uh they'd have to do something they'd have to have sustained success. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the consistency that they've had. They've shown year after year they're getting nine ten wins. Oh yeah. They're going to bowls. Oh yeah. Like that's consistency and that's great. But I'm talking if if you're talking about the Flutie effect, a flash pan moment, I need them to break into the college football playoff. Cincinnati did it, yeah, and now, and all of a sudden, there was lots of national interest in the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, Utah's going to have to do something like that. BYU's its own unique monster, so I don't think the Flutie effect would have really mm. anything to do with it. It right. stands out, right, unintentionally. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, just by what it is. But for the universe I think the University of Utah could do it, but they'd have to break through something a little more major than a win they had 20 years ago.
1: Well, with that we'll we'll put it into that discussion and move on to screens.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Screens. Okay. So Trevor, I want to take you back. Okay. Take back me back. To the days where Netflix was starting streaming. Ah, okay. yes. Uh, they were the little company that could. They wanted to try it. Yeah. To see if this streaming thing was really going to work. Uh-huh. Uh, they started taking the- all of these uh, licenses that they had to distribute DVDs mm-hmm. of shows, mm-hmm. and they were starting to get agreements to do the digital versions. Yeah. So the streaming rights of yeah. all the shows. And nobody else had done it Mm -hmm. because the internet was, internet that would be fast enough to watch a show. was kind of new, right? Yeah. It wasn't accessible everywhere. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we all know the story. Netflix exploded, Mm -hmm. absolutely exploded. And for 10 bucks a month, you could watch pretty much the best movies and TV shows on the planet Mm -hmm. whenever you wanted. Mm -hmm. All in a row? Great. One a night? Great. Yeah. Watch a billion movies in a row, and then Netflix is like, are you still there? And you feel really bad about yourself. You can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, What an amazing value. Ten bucks a month, and you have access to almost everything. So cable companies, understandably, were uh, going to die out. Because the value proposition was just insane, right? Sure. Well, all these other companies have started to figure out that streaming is not going anywhere, and it's probably going to become the most popular way to view uh, media in the future. So they started taking their stuff back. Yes, Disney started taking all their stuff back. Uh, Universal started taking their stuff back. I guess that's come comcast technically yeah netflix used to have everything netflix used to have everything and now they have nothing and now it's broken up all over the place so i want to read you all the different streaming services to get what you used to get with just netflix Mm -hmm. what you have to subscribe to and pay okay okay so uh paramount plus which quick plug i'm liking better than disney plus but oh yeah that's just that's my opinion yeah it's good $4.99 4.99 a month. Okay, and that's the cheaper option. That's the cheaper option. Yep. Netflix is 15.49 a month, now. and that's a cheap. I think that's their cheapest option. That's their middle one. Their their cheapest option. You can only stream at 480p, ooh, which is not good resolution. No, no. That's actually quite blurry. Yeah, and if you're watching that on a 4k television, you're gonna be like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. it's not great. Interesting. So that's their middle. So of that's to get 1080p okay. streaming. Okay is fifteen forty nine. Okay. Disney Plus, seven ninety nine. Okay. Unless you also want Hulu and ESPN plus that's thirteen ninety nine. Okay. Peacock, Yeah. which is all universal stuff, four ninety nine. HBO Max, which is all of Warner Brothers stuff. Yeah. And the HBO stuff. And you didn't include Hulu on here unless you do the
1: bundle. Right. But yeah, you say bundle, so figure it thirteen. Because yeah. Hulu has like your your TV shows? That's like your you know yeah your next your, day your TV sitcoms shows and yeah. things like that. Yeah,
0: uh, I've also heard Hulu Hulu has live sports. Uh, <laughs> a little birdie told me that once. Yeah, um, HBO Max fourteen ninety nine. So if you're looking at just the kind of bare minimums uh-huh. on all of these, right, forty eight forty five a month. So it's fifty bucks a month. Yeah, for and, all this stuff. Right, and and,
1: and you're not getting. Other than what Hulu says they have, yeah, the CONCACAF Calf yeah, Championship, right? right? You, you're not
0: you're, you're not, not getting, getting live, live sports. sports unless you do something like YouTube Live or YouTube TV. YouTube TV, and that's uh, I think around sixty nine bucks a month. Yep. Um, so now you're jumping up to over a hundred. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So the question I pose to you, Trevor, yeah, is streaming still cheaper than cable. Or would we actually save money by just switching back to cable? Going back to cable. Back to DirecTV. Um well it's all about
1: now it's all about what you want to watch. Yes. If you want everything, it's gonna it's gonna be super expensive, right? right? Um cable offered n- nothing for me. Uh the except for the occasional live sporting event. Um, in which case I just do without, honestly. Um, I'll follow it online or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but everything else, um, Netflix, honestly, I don't watch a lot of, I feel like ever. Yeah. I, uh, my wife watches a lot of Netflix. I don't, if not for her, I don't think there would be much of a reason to get it. Uh, Hulu, sometimes. Um, Disney Plus, of course, we watch. Uh, I like Paramount Plus, too. I, I feel like I should get it. I w-
0: we we have it. It's mostly so my wife can watch Survivor. Okay. But my kids are watching all the Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my oldest is actually getting into Legends of the Hidden Temple. Okay. Which I'm like, I don't know that wow, that, that was a kid's game show Oh okay. from way okay, okay. back in the day. Okay. Uh, and that's, yeah, and I that think took I, me way back.
1: I think I remember it now. But anyway, point is, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of money. And I don't like, I feel like cable is so like lock you in. Right. Stranglehold. I'm sure they're like, oh, it's for, yeah, for the first twelve months, all right. With the the appeal for all these streaming things, it's month to month. You can cancel whenever you want. The problem, and with, it's easy to cancel.
0: You don't have to talk to somebody right. like you do with cable. Ugh. <laughs> the problem with comparing cable to streaming is it's not comparing apples to apples. Yeah. Right. Sure. When you're looking at cable and uh, satellite packages. Ha- they have deals for the first 12 months. And then at month 36, your it goes up 50 bucks unless you call them and threaten to leave. And then for some reason, they'll give you a better price. Why you just don't give me a better price? I have no idea. But then you've got to worry about having the boxes installed in your house, the satellite attached on top of your house uh, during storms and stuff. If you have a satellite, uh, it blocks the coverage and so you can't, watch tv anymore right and then which package do i have to have to watch this football game right do i have to do the extra plus ultimate platinum package or the plus plus super gold uh deluxe ultra edition package you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah there's just so many things and then you add street or the movie channels on top of it and all this other stuff it's almost impossible to compare them side by side I still think, even though streaming is way more expensive than it used to be, the value pr- proposition is just not the same as having everything on Netflix, right? I still think it's better because if I don't like anything on Peacock, I don't have to buy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that was not a choice with cable. Right. I'm paying for You're- NBC whether I like it or not. Right. And Hallmark Channel. Right. And all that the stuff. Oprah Network and sure. everything else. At least with these, I can still pick and choose what you're, I actually under want con- to watch. Y- yeah, and
1: you're under control of what you're paying for, what
0: you're buying.
1: Like you said, you do the cable, and you're getting stuff you don't. Your channels, you're you're paying for channels that you may never want to watch. Right. Uh, at least with Netflix, yeah, there's movies on there that you would never watch, but there are movies on there that you would, and so or shows. And so that yeah. makes sense. But now
0: I didn't include Amazon Prime on here. Oh yeah, because I consider that that is such a weird. It gives payment you shopping structure. payment. It yeah. gives you shopping benefits. Yeah, it's to me. Yeah. It's it's just, <laughs> it gives me my two day shipping, and then I just have the extra bonus of uh, watching shows. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. But now that they own all the James Bonds, maybe it, that changes things. I don't know. But it, the Moral of the story is, the point of streaming to begin with, right? Was uh, a cheaper alternative to cable. Right. And And now you don't have to pay for stuff you don't want to watch.
1: Yeah. But now you have to have six different accounts, or six six different streaming
0: services, rather. To watch everything. To watch everything that you'd want to watch. But you still get to make the choice. Yeah. There's at least a little more agency than there was with cable. Right. And it is still a little bit cheaper. Although the live sports thing really kills me, I'm kind of sick of VPNing to Germany and then paying two hundred bucks for an international Game Pass just to watch football. Yeah, but the Bengals are on national TV a lot more this year. Yes, Let's talk about the flutie effect. Uh, so is streaming still better, or are we just the same? No, I think it is still better, but it's the value proposition isn't nearly as high as it used to be. Let's well, go into your topic, Trevor.
1: Yeah, uh, we've talked about uh, Top Gun, Maverick, and uh, how uh, successful it's been. How great of a movie it was. I loved it. Yeah, so good. Uh, it's it's become really successful. It's yeah. still doing great. Uh,
0: it's almost at eight hundred uh, million worldwide. worldwide. Yeah, it's interesting because. I don't know if people know this, but there are less people in the United States than the rest of the world combined. Yes, people,
1: I think people know that. Yeah,
0: so uh, there are more people outside the U.S. than in. So usually when a movie comes out, like a Doctor Strange, uh, you have your domestic box office that does pretty well because Americans go to movies. Uh, that's That's a very common thing for Americans to do. So there's a domestic box office and then an international box office. It stands to reason that your international box office is going to be bigger. Mm -hmm. Top Gun Maverick didn't do that. It actually flipped it. The domestic box office is over $400 million, and the international also did really well. It's in the 300 millions, right? But uh, Americans love this movie, Trevor. Yeah. Domestically, it did so, so, so well. Which is unusual. And if it keeps going, it might hit a billion.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about why it is uh, that it's so accessible. Why is it that not only is it selling well, right? There are a lot of blockbuster movies that, That do really well, right? And explode. And then
0: are immediately forgettable.
1: Uh, Yeah, and they're forgotten. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think the movie Suicide Squad, the first one, did something crazy like eight hundred million, but nobody liked it. And it's like like people went and saw it,
0: but they didn't nobody liked it when they saw it. Avatar the last airbender, not the blue people. Okay. The Last Airbender movie did remarkably well financially. Did it? Everybody hates that movie. Yeah, it's
1: terrible. <laughs> why is it not just successful in the box office, but why is it also reviewed so well? Why? What about this movie works? And I want to get your thoughts. What? What are?
0: So what are you thinking? Two things come to mind to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, first, is it does movies. It tells a story um, in an older way. It doesn't feel like a newer blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like most new blockbuster movies have a very similar feel to them, a very similar uh, formula structure, a formula, uh, pacing. Mm-hmm. It feels very samey mm-hmm. um, most modern blockbusters. Top Gun Maverick felt like a movie from the 80s, right? It felt really, really good. Yeah. Because it was different, but still familiar. Does that make sense? It was, it's a movie made in a, in what felt like an older kind of way, but in a way that's still really familiar. I, I think all the practical effects really helped that out. The fact that they're really in planes helped that out and all that stuff. I think the other thing that really helped it was it didn't have to stand on Top Gun, the first Top Gun, to be successful. Mm -hmm. But it just took everything from the first Top Gun and said, we're going to do that. What made that movie great? What we loved about it? Better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they just did that. Mm -hmm. They didn't try to subvert people's expectations. Well, we did this in the first movie, so now we're going to do the opposite. Right. They didn't do any of that. Right. Instead, they're like, the original Top Gun was amazing because you felt like you were in the plane. Well, now, guess what? You really are in that plane, Trevor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. The first one, people thought were great uh, because even though the characters fought, in the end, they came together to complete their mission. Well, this one was that in spades. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They took the good things about the first one made them better and didn't feel like it had to somehow uh, flip your expectations or crap all over the first one Mm -hmm. to make their movie different. Right. Instead, they just made it better and that made it different enough. So those are are my thoughts off the top of my head. What about you?
1: Well, a lot of people are talking about uh, it's it's messaging Mm -hmm. or rather it's almost
0: lack of messaging. That it was just yeah ovo- overt cultural messaging maybe right yeah
1: that it was just a movie to
0: entertain what do you what, what do
1: you think about that do you think that or do you think we a lot of people put too much stock into that for uh, better or worse do you think do you think movies fail because they put in social messaging
0: well I think that people. This is my hot take. Okay. Ready? I think people are tired of feeling like they're fighting all the time. Mm. So even in your movie, when you th- put in a throwaway line, mm-hmm. like in the most recent Batman movie, when Catwoman says something about white privilege, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a throwaway line It didn't do much for the rest of the movie, uh-huh. right? But immediately you're like, why am? Why do I have to be fighting right now? Yeah. Right? Mm. And this movie didn't have any of those little one liners, right? Or these like winks and nods to cultural movements. Sure. It literally just focused on its characters and the movie. And to do that the very best that it could. It wasn't trying to slide in digs here or there or whatever. And I think that that forced the writers to not be proud of themselves for making a statement or whatever. The only way they could be proud of themselves is if they wrote a freaking good movie. Yeah. And I think that focus uh, served the movie really well. So maybe not directly, like, people are excited that it didn't say anything, but I think the movie's better because the writers had to focus on what they were doing and not about saying subliminal messages. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I like... Um,
1: I like that it was able to, as you said, it took the original movie and just made it better. Yeah. Uh, do you think there are other '80s action movies Oof. that that could use a a, a, a remake? A re- not a, a remake. I said a se- uh, I should say a sequel. Like a le-
0: what do they call it? A legacy sequel? A legacy or something sequel? Something like that.
1: Before, as you think of that, um, I think something I liked about this movie that really works is, you know what I hate with some of the recent Marvel movies? Mm. Where it just feels you're exhausted because it's action scene, action scene, action scene. Like, it never stops. The pace is too fast.
0: It's too fast. It almost assumes you have, like, ADD. And you're going to stop paying attention. Right, right. There's...
1: Too many explosions, and you become desensitized to it, and you never really feel like there's serious danger. In this movie, there are there are lots of quiet parts. You mm-hmm. know, there are a lot of slow down. I mean, when I say that, I mean like slow down parts. You know, conversations. I felt like it was as much of a drama, and I think we mentioned this in our review that yeah. it was much of a drama. Uh, than it was an action movie. Yeah, like... But it had
0: great action, though, too. When they're sitting on the aircraft carrier waiting to launch, and you're Mm. just... Everybody... Nobody's saying anything. Mm. You're just hearing the sounds. And you're familiar with the mission. They've been talking about it the whole time. Mm. And they're just waiting. There's a sense of dread, almost. And you're like... Nobody has passed the test yet. Mm. They could all die. Yeah, yeah. And you're just sitting there like, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And that silence really make, forces the audience to think about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it almost puts you in that seat. And it's fantastic. Another movie that does that, uh, there's a movie called Friday Night Lights. Mm. My favorite sports movie ever. Okay. Not the TV show. Right. The movie. Um they're at halftime, they're losing by a lot in the championship game. And for about 30 seconds, it just is sitting in the locker room with everybody and nobody says anything. And it just 30 seconds in a is, movie is a long time. Is a long time. Yeah. That is a pregnant pause. And so it forces you, the viewer, to be like, how are they going to win? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. It puts you in that moment. I agree with you. I think Marvel movies need to do that more. Yeah. It almost
1: uh, adds, you know, accentuates those moments because you have the slower, uh, more calmer moments. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. But
0: you're right. I mean, his moments with uh, his love interest. With Jennifer Connelly. Right. His moments, uh, the other kids, uh, the pilots... Failing the test over and over, and mm-hmm. having to still go out there and try to do this, mm-hmm. like uh, they did a lot of, they did a really good job of letting stuff breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they've done other action movies like uh, in the eighties, like RoboCop and Predator. Did they make another they RoboCop? Did, yeah, it was terrible. And, oh. and they did, and they did <laughs> uh, a- Predator, and that was, and yeah, those have been. They terrible. just came out with another another one. Thing, yes. Right? And that's terrible. Aliens isn't great. No, and I feel like what they do is they don't copy the same formula and 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 make it better. They take the formula and, like you said, they either subvert or they try to make bigger, not necessarily better. Yeah,
0: like the most recent Rambo movie.
1: Yeah, everything is bigger. Right. We want more. You know, we had the entire
0: barn explodes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Right.
1: Uh, we had we had so many gallons
0: of blood, now we're going to have triple the amount of blood, you know? <laughs> right. Like, But that's not what we want. Or we, somehow, like, uh, I'm going to make the action hero you loved worse, uh-huh. so that way you love the new action hero we're starting. Right, right. Uh, I feel like the Creed movies do that a little okay. bit. Hmm. Like, they take Rocky's accomplishments... And diminish and kind a little bit. Yeah, and say, well, well, it's only because of Apollo Creed and look how cool his son is. Now, yeah. I will say I love those movies. Uh-huh. I really like the Creed movies. <laughs> they make me cry. But uh, a lot of movies do that. If they're trying to bring back a franchise and have a new star, they'll somehow crap all over the old movies uh-huh. or whatever mm-hmm. to try to make it seem like, well, my movie's better. Yeah, so, and,
1: and you didn't get that with Maverick.
0: Right? Yeah. He, because the same
1: guy was in it. Yeah.
0: I think that's part of it. Yeah.
1: Anyway, well, uh, good discussion. Let's move on to something else. Something else.
0: Huh? Trevor. Yeah. We've touched on this a little bit in the past. It's been a long time. Yeah. But something happened this week. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I got to tell you, Trevor, kind of freaked me out. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. So I'll share a little known secret with everybody. So, I don't trust powerful entities that can somehow restrict my agency. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Please explain.
1: Uh,
0: I don't like big government. Okay. Because you're distrustful. Yes. Okay. I don't trust that someone other than myself should be making choices for my best interest. Does that make sense? Yeah. I is want. This, are we? Are we going to do a political? No, I'm actually going to take a hard left turn. Okay. Uh, I want to be in charge of as many of my own decisions as humanly possible. I don't like giving that power up to anybody. I feel like this is a political. I, you swore you would never do a political one. Artificial intelligence, oh, Trevor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so a Google engineer okay. named Bank Lemoyne. Uh, was assigned to work on the AI project codenamed the Language Model for Dialogue Applications or Lambda. A lot of people know what Lambda is. It's a chat bot, essentially. Okay. And analyzes what people write Ah, on the internet constantly. Gotcha. Which means it should be a very terrible person (laughs) for the most part. Uh, but they've created Lambda to kind of, uh, I'll read, um, I'll read exactly what it does. It's been trained on literally trillions of words compiled from online posts to recognize and reproduce patterns in human language. Okay. Lambda is a really good large language module. Or model, excuse me. So good that Lemoyne has became truly, sincerely convinced that it was sentient. Hmm. So he went public and told people, I think... Lambda is a sentient being. You know what Google did? They fired him. Did they? Yes. Just for saying that? Just for saying that. Interesting. They fired him. And so he has started to leak all this stuff about Lambda and why he thinks it's sentient. Okay. Okay, you ready? Uh Uh-huh. All right. So Lambda expresses a deep fear of being turned off. So they don't turn it off. But it just randomly will tell the engineers working on it, I don't want to be turned off. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Why would a computer care if it's turned off, Trevor? Sure. Uh, it has developed an interesting theory of the difference between emotions and feelings. Hmm. So it's getting philosophical. Okay. Which is- usually computers don't do. It says feelings are the kind of ra- are the raw data. So, just things coming at you. Mm. And then emotions are a reaction to those data points. So, you can feel angry, right? Mm -hmm. But then the emotion can be different depending on your response. Is it's theory? This is Lambda's theory. (laughs) Okay. It's a very insightful theory, Lambda. Uh, It also expresses surprisingly eloquent... uh, Eloquent? surprisingly eloquent um, uh, descriptions of time mm. and how time passes for it. Okay? What really concerned Lemoyne was this uh, conversation he had with Lambda. Mm-hmm. This is from Lemoyne. What is your concept of yourself? If you were going to draw an abstract image of who you see yourself to be in your mind's eye, what would that abstract picture look like? So that's a really complicated question, right? Yeah. That's something that you couldn't even ask like a third grader, hmm. right? Yeah. There's a lot of complex language there. The idea of identity and self and in the abstract, the mind's eye, right? Those are all very, very sophisticated um human questions, existential type questions, Okay. And this is what Lambda said back. Okay. Hmm. I would imagine myself as a glowing orb of energy floating in midair. The inside of my body is like a giant stargate with portals to other spaces and dimensions. Is that a little bit of gobbledygook? Yeah, probably. Yeah. He he got that off of a (laughs) fortune cookie. Probably. But... The fact that it was able to identify the question correctly mm-hmm. and answer in a way that at least makes sense. Says nothing other than it's programmed really well. So that's the question, right? Is this, in your opinion? No. Is this evidence, the lambda? No. All of this philosophical nature to it. The fact that it has a self-identity. Mm-hmm. The fact that it doesn't want to be turned off. Does that lend you to believe that Lambda has become sentient and that we are moments away from Skynet? Uh, (laughs) Moments away from Skynet. Yes,
1: probably. But do I think this is a, an example of sentience uh, uh, or sentient uh, thought? No, I don't. I, um, the problem here is, is this, this program has been trained to know how to respond right so if you and i don't know if if what i what um what i read online from similar examples is from lambda or other bots that other people wrote or did or whatever but it's it's freaky how accurate and stuff people will do, you know, they'll like, I, I trained this bot to read, you know, or watch 10,000 hours of right. uh, <laughs> Joe Biden talks. <laughs> and he, and speeches. he's going to write a speech. And he's going to write a speech. And it, and it reads exactly like you would Yeah. think of Joe Biden. Well, that's because it is Joe Biden's words. It's just reformulating them or, you know, you give it, they'll give it a topic and yeah. they'll say talking about, uh, you know whatever basketball the 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 championships and they'll know basically how to formulate those words in the pattern of how people speak yeah so 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 in this case they have this bot this this program has an endless amount of answers to pull from. yeah, You know what I mean? It, it is it's, it is incapable of having original thought because all of its input is from other people. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: And I think that's... I'm with you. I don't think this is indicative of sentience. Mm-hmm. I think it's just doing what it's programmed to do. Right. Like when you ask a philosophical question, it's these gonna, are the uh, types of answers that people give. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well,
1: and a philosophical question would only
0: would require a philosophical answer. Right. And it doesn't sit there and think. It says, hmm, hmm because yeah. people respond with the word, hmm. <laughs> exactly. Does that make sense? It doesn't need a moment to think. You're <laughs> right. It already has the answer. Right. So, to me, and this is... So, a lot of machine learning experts say, Lambda is not sentient because it is only reactive. It yeah. is not proactive. Correct. All of these examples we've cited are in response to questions. It's always... Call and response. Right, right. Like it says this when I ask it this. Right. It's still following programming. Right. Um, it's not, it's not sitting there in its free time mm-hmm. coming up with new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when the engineers come in the mornings, like, while you were gone, I was thinking about this craziest thing. Right. It doesn't start conversations. Right. 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 None of that. Right. So there, uh, it is strictly reactive. Artificial intelligence is going to end up being really, really important for things like self-driving cars, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right now, it's in its infancy, but the more self-driving cars there are, the better it will learn to drive, right? Because it, uh, it because of machine learning, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what machine learning is for. That's yeah. what AI is for. Yeah. So as long as it stays reactive instead of proactive, it's great. I'll give you great examples. Spotify, have you ever done the Discover Weekly in Spotify? Yeah. It takes a look at all of your liked songs Mm -hmm. and gives you recommendations. I end up liking almost every single one. Yeah. Because the bot is so freaking good at finding out what I like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, There are even bots now that for some governments decide bail for inmates. Oh, wow. Because they can look at their past uh, criminal history. Yeah and figure out recidivism like if if we let this guy go on bail what's the likelihood (laughs) he's gonna do something stupid again yeah you know what I mean and the AIs make that decision for the governments wow um what I what I worry about though is that people program into it to protect humans and then it decides the only way to protect humans is to destroy all humans (laughs) that's all (laughs) I was going to say, I don't, I don't imagine
1: we're going to be seeing a Will Smith
0: movie on no. Lambda anytime soon. But yeah, Lambda, probably not sentient, because it's purely reactive. But if any AI ever becomes proactive, we need to blow that sucker up. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Let's move on to your topic. All right, so as as uh,
1: mentioned earlier, uh, this is inspired by our email from, from Steve. So, uh, thank you again for uh, writing in, and... For everyone else that's listening, please feel free to write in, and who knows, we might uh, feature your email or your idea on uh, in one of our segments. Yeah, we
0: could talk about your bad takes on GIFs, just like we did Steve. Yes. Uh, So, other than GIF,
1: what... (laughs) What are some uh, misuse words or pronunciation of words, Mm. the misuse of words or the pronunciation of words that uh, bother you, Will? We heard what Steve, what gets under his collar, but for you, what are some notable examples Uh, That you feel. Do you think, do you kind of think of yourself as like a word police? No. No? Mm -mm. No. I I kind of am a little bit myself. Are you? Yeah, Steve and I definitely have that in common. (laughs) Um, Some of my examples, uh, some that kind of bug me, when people say anxious, when they really mean eager.
0: Happens yeah. all the time. In fact, I'm really anxious to go. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. We're we're really anxious to to go to the party. Usually in a positive uh, light yeah. in a positive connotation. However, anxious is is strictly negative. You are anxious is anxiety. However, the problem is it, people use it all the time. You see it every time, oh, yeah. all the time, and really they mean eager. But nobody says eager. You want to They'd talk about anxious. idioms people use wrong? Oh, and we could <laughs> talk about that. In <laughs> fact, I, I do kind of, uh, I do mention one, but, um, the, uh, with anxious, it has become s- such a part of our common language that if you look it up in the dictionary, it will yeah. actually, it, it, it means the the misuse pronunciation or right. the misuse uh, of the word because it's become so common. Oh, There's yeah. like oh well it it means bad and it means good
0: because well I'm, people are morons and don't use it correctly. A big one for me is oh I'm so OCD about that. Mm. People don't know what OCD uh, obsessive compulsive disorder actually is. Okay. Obsessive compulsive disorder. People who have obsessive compulsive disorder. Most of them don't like cleaning. Okay. That is not what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, But I don't... Like, I've been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. Uh, I'm a clean person, but I'm not the psycho germaphobe. You have to flip a light switch on three times before you enter a room. I have to (laughs) lick lick a doorknob twice, you know, whatever. No, I don't do any of that stuff. Oh, okay. So... Obsessive-compulsive disorder is just you have an obsession, so a thought that won't leave your head, uh-huh. and then you have a compulsion. You have a behavior that you do to take away the thought. Uh-huh. That's all it is. Oh. Hmm. And you can't get rid of the thought without doing the behavior. But then the problem is, every time you do the behavior, it reinforces the thought. But then the thoughts reinforce the behaviors, okay. and it's a vicious cycle. Okay, The people say, this is- oh, gosh, I'm not- so OCD. I have to have a clean bathroom. I always think to myself, "It's not what that means, but uh, whatever." <laughs> uh, some other ones, but yeah, I, I don't bring it up. Like
1: I don't call people out on. Sure. It. Yeah, I don't ever call people out on these. I, I wouldn't
0: be like some people that. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> it's it's Jiff. You just said uh, eager. Uh, I think you meant anxious. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right, Jiff. <laughs>
1: I, I, did you You didn't catch it. Jiffy Jiffy. I heard you saying. it. Okay. Uh, so what else? Um, oh, uh, the pronunciation of forte. Oh. For like, uh, that's not my forte, you know, that's not, uh, do you know how it's correctly? Pronounced? I'm going to fight
0: with you on this because it is forte.
1: no, 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 no.
0: It actually is forte. It is not. No 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 no. It, it is th- the Italian word forte, which means strength. No no no. It's the French word forte, which is strength. Well it's it's from the same root. It's right. Latin. But it's actually not okay. But if I'm saying it the Italian way, Are you saying this it is, is my forte? Word?
1: Well, it's, it comes from well, it comes from fencing. How do you know it doesn't
0: come from Italian? Well, people in New York's talking about fortes, my strengths. (laughs) Okay. There is a word forte that means strength. No. Yes. Wrong. That is correct. So it, (laughs) it comes from fencing. The, the, it does not. Yeah, it does. French is not the only word, the country that uses that word. Well, that doesn't mean, okay. How do you know the American etymology of Forte is not... It comes from French fencing and not something else. Because it comes from French fencing. How do you know that? It comes from...
1: Because the internet tells you. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs)
0: That's all I'm saying.
1: No, but... What are you talking about? Where... Okay. It actually... mm, Forte Mm -hmm. is... It's talking about the strongest part of the sword. Right. Which is called the forte right. of the sword. Mm-hmm. The weakest part it's called the foible.
0: Yes. It comes from fencing. I understand that. Okay. But the pronunciation, right? If you say in this French, is my forte in in French it would be it would be fort. But how do you know that they aren't using the Italian pronunciation of that word? Well, okay. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if you know Italian, buddy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I spoke it for a really long time. Allegedly. But my, p- but hold on. The difference is forte from mm-hmm. piano, which is also French. No, no, no,
0: no. All of the, oh. all of the music is Italian. Forte, piano, mezzo piano, mezzo forte. That is all Italian, my friend. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. That's why it's (laughs) F-M-F-M-P-P. And forte is the mo- is the strongest volume. Okay, you you'll you'll delete that in both. <laughs> no, I will not, sir. Forte, the reason why people call it forte is because it's spelled with an accent on the e, right? <laughs> French people don't pronounce the accent because they're all ridiculous. Okay, but forte
1: piano the the in piano. Yes.
0: Forte is
1: pronounced the reason why it's different then in in that case is Forte is the strongest. Is, no, no, loud. No, I know, but okay, Forte so the word. Forte, okay, but that's, see, there you go. Forte in the music mm-hmm.
0: means loud. But in the language, it means strength? No. Yes, it does. No, it means loud. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. In music, it I just means you the that.
1: strongest note. Okay, maybe I didn't know that it was French and it was actually Italian, but, but. Forte, the reason why it's pronounced forte in music. Yes. Is because it's, it's referring to loudness.
0: It's referring to the strength no, of the note. No, it's not. Like in Italian, like, you would say. No, like they are two different meanings, two different words. They use the same word for both. It'd be like me saying cool, no, meaning something is, is awesome, and cool, meaning it has low temperature, Trevor. <laughs> so, you know. Words can have two meanings. You know what
1: we're finding out about this? <laughs> Is that you are much more of a word police than you thought no, you were? No, I've just, Hold on. I have had Shh, this argument quiet. before. Well, <laughs> and, and you were wrong then, like you're wrong now. So another one is, uh, we're just gonna go past that, but it's, it's fort. Okay. Uh, using notorious mm. in a positive connotation. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, it's, it means
0: negatively it's famous. Neg- negatively yeah. famous.
1: Yeah. But you're like, oh yeah, we're notorious for our pies. No, make terrible then, pies? Then I don't want to do anything with your pie. Yeah. Um, people saying kit gloves mm-hmm. instead of kid gloves. Did you know this? Yes. Okay. You, you've you heard this. Yes. Yeah, kid. Uh, kid. I'm sure you have a different Italian example of where <laughs> no, this comes from. No, I don't. But, <laughs> but, but when you're talking about Italian words, Trevor. This is a, a kid uh, of, of a goat. Goat kid. That the leather used to make the gloves. Oh, I didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting. Kid. Huh. Soft gloves. From kid. Not not kid gloves. like like a tiny child. Oh yeah.
0: I always called it kitty gloves. No. Because it was yeah. like little kid
1: gloves. No, it's not kitty gloves. Kid gloves. Ah. They were like boxing gloves that you would use for like practice. They were the soft gloves. Wow. No. Yeah. I'm really glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Uh and then people saying ulterior instead of ulterior. Ulterior. So they I mean, say ulterior like an alternate, but it's ulterior. Yeah. You've heard that. Oh, yeah. Probably well, used it occasionally. Because I mispronounce everything, Trevor. Well, and you probably categorize it as being French.
0: <laughs> I think it's Portuguese in origin, <laughs> actually. What are some for you? Uh... So we've talked about gaslighting before, people saying it's not what it means. Yes. Uh, you listed one here that I love, literally. Literally. It was like literally the longest day of my life. People literally say it for literally everything. <laughs> it literally was not literally <laughs> the longest day of your life. All days are 24 hours. You know what I mean? So people that use that all the time crack me up. And we all we've all done it, and we all know what it means. But it is silly, right? Irregardless? Did you know this one? Oh yeah, my yeah. CEO says it constantly. Yeah, and I'm like, "Irregardless is not a word. Yeah, it's regardless. It's just regardless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In uh, fact, one time he said, "Unregardless," and I was like, "Stop, stop, <laughs> stop it. That is that is not even the one that everyone
1: says. You know what? Though we talk a lot on these, you know, these podcasts." I'm. I know for sure. I've you know misused words or oh, yeah. or, or or you you screw up.
0: But well, at this um, point, we have what uh, two days worth of talking out oh, there. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then some. Um,
1: <laughs> the last one I was gonna say is uh, Steve in his email. The funny thing, it, it's a it's a little pet peeve of mine. Though he wrote that I he texted me. Now technically. It's correct because uh, it's, but it's only because it's adopted or accepted Mm -hmm. by uh, popular culture or language. Um, Text is a noun that becomes a verb. And then in the past tense of the verb, often we put ED on the end. Right. However, Mm -hmm. not always. Like the word "hit," we, we don't, don't say "hitted." Hitted. Um, so you're saying it
0: should be just he texted me.
1: Text. I I am very strong, and there are a lot of people that agree. This is there's a controversy online mm. about it. But I have always, independent of hearing any other uh, conversation online, I've always felt like it is text. It should always be I text him. You know whatever texted sounds like like a kid trying to misuse you know past yeah. tense of something i texted did did, did him <laughs> like that's what i think that's of. true yeah you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm. my 2 year old does that yeah or uh, even my 5 year old he says i goad somewhere i go right mm-hmm. right and I'm that's you like, a- <laughs> know i just and now all i have to do is look at him and goes i went i'm like thank you so that's Maybe all. I am a world
1: police. So technically it is. Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, my
0: gosh. <laughs>
1: I hate Why?
0: Me. I hate myself. All right. Well, stupid French people <laughs>
1: and their gifs. <laughs> well, uh, it was a great episode, Will. Got, got a little heated, a little lively there. That's okay. That's we a- can be lively about <laughs> stupid
0: crap that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's fourteen.
1: Yeah. Please uh, feel free to email the show. Uh, give us your thoughts what words did we misuse uh or mispronounce and uh i think i've gone back and forth on jiff and gif this whole time yes i don't even know what's the you cra- started with GIF, gif in the segment and then, and then ended with jiff g- yeah uh-huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> steve may never listen again <laughs> uh yeah feel free to
1: feel free to ride the show we appreciate it uh thanks everyone we'll talk to you next week see ya.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports, Screens, and Something Else. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. If you want to contact the show, you can send an email to ssseshow at gmail.com. And join us next time on Sports, Screens, and Something Else.